Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hub World Podcast. Today's episode will have us covering Pikmin 4. My name is Mateo, and today I'm joined by... Jules. Whether you're joining us from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to like and subscribe. Now, let's get this discussion going. So, if you clicked on this video, then you know it's episode 80 of the Hub World Podcast. Bit of a landmark episode, I guess. I didn't think we'd get to 80, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it's kind of cool that we got here. And I guess technically we've done a lot more than 80, if you count, like, our E3 breakdowns and, like, the mini-episodes and stuff like that that we've done. Like, my guess is probably we're close to 100, if not past it by now, but the core episodes of the Hub World podcast, we're at 80. So, and we there's no signs of us slowing down anytime soon. Quite exciting. Maybe we should housekeep a little, because we've been doing some stuff the last few weeks. Mateo, have you played anything? Have you been watching anything? Anything worth mentioning? Because we're doing a dedicated Pikmin episode, uh, the main thing I've been playing is Pikmin, but obviously I can't talk about that now. But uh, just in terms of like other games I've been playing, obviously this year is the 25th anniversary of Ocarina of Time, so I dusted off my 3DS and I'm chipping away at Ocarina 3D. That's my absolute favorite version of that game. It's just so incredible. I've played Ocarina 3D, I think, now, including this time, it's like seven times. I just love that game to death. I'm just about to start Dodongo's Cavern, so... And then um, I bought Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe for Switch. Oh, jeez. It wasn't on Prime Day. It was actually, it was like a... It was on sale randomly before Prime Day for 60 bucks. so I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. I haven't played it because there's just been so much stuff to play lately, so now there's a bit of a lull between Pikmin 4 and our trip. So my goal is to finish Kirby before we go on our vacation. Yeah, I really like what they've done with that, that remake. Visually, it's just stunning. It just I like the the art style of that game and like the black outlines really make everything pop. And the mini games are so fantastic, especially the mini games that have come back from previous Kirby games. It's such a great package. I don't know if it's really worth the full price, but if you can get it on sale, I. I definitely recommend it. Like, it's one of the best Kirby games, even without the mini games. but it just makes it a good party game as well as a good single-player game. So, in terms of watching stuff, Gino and I are going through The Office right now. I think we're at Season 4 at the time of recording this. Gino's never watched The Office from beginning to end, and I just love that show so much. It's my favorite comedy of all time, and it just doesn't get old. Like, I laugh just as hard on the second viewing as I did when I first watched it a couple of years ago. So, but aside from that, there's, I haven't seen any movies lately. We're going to be going to see blue beetle. Probably when it comes out, we might be like the only one seeing that movie. Cause I do not have high expectations of, uh, the box office for that movie, but I got to support blue beetle because he is one of my favorite DC heroes, obscure or mainstream. So, but yeah, that's uh, about it for, for me lately. What about you, Jules? What have you been playing and watching? Well, last year I purchased the Square Enix game Triangle Strategy on the day it came out because I'm a big fan of Octopath. And I played it for about an hour and then put it down and never played it again. Um, but recently I've been hearing a lot of stuff about it. It got like a random update like a couple months ago. 
oh, that cool. added like an epilogue. And so I was like, maybe I'll give it another shot and just try it. Cause I, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm poor this summer, so I can't really buy new games. So I was like, okay, I'll try triangle strategy. Um, and I played it and I can't believe I didn't play it last year. If I, if I had played it last year, it would have been a contender for my game of the year for last year. Wow. It's an incredible game. I think it's at least on par with like the great Fire Emblem games. It's it's exceptional the way that it approaches like decision making and consequence and alternate routes. And I actually went through and I did all four endings because I actually was like interested to see them all. So it was really fun. I enjoyed that game. And then before that, I had played Final Fantasy 16, which is incredible. Um, as of right now, is definitely one of my games I would throw into that game of the year kind of like rhetoric. I, I would have loved to do a dedicated podcast about Final Fantasy 16. And who knows, maybe maybe we will once Gino finishes it and um, Riley could hop in because he listened. He watched me play the whole game. But um, Final Fantasy 16 is also like up there like i really really enjoyed it um i think there's a lot of talk online about final fantasy 16 a lot of um disappointment around it for various i'm sure valid reasons um but as somebody who has actually enjoyed every final fantasy game i've played i thought this was one of the better final fantasies i thought it was really awesome and i guess i just buy into the it doesn't need to be turn-based. It doesn't need to have like full RPG elements. I'm fine with whatever form it takes, and I'm going to appreciate it for what it is, not what it's not. And I feel like a lot of the criticisms about the game aren't about what it is. It's about what it's not. Um, and I don't think you should ever judge something based off what you want it to be, because what's in the game is really incredible. And then I watched the second season of Sonic Prime. I loved the first season of Sonic Prime. I was very bored by the second season. And um, I think most of that is because the marketing was very much like pushing this idea that Shadow and Sonic were going to team up because Shadow was barely in the first season. And then he was barely in this season, too. And I was just like, okay, poor Shadow. He was the second character they announced was in the show when they were like marketing the show. And then he was barely in it. And then they used him to market the second season, and then he was barely in it. I'm just kind of getting sick of it. I'm like, I've seen enough Rouge and Amy and tails like give me somebody fresh like i don't need to see the same characters over and over again sega just let fans enjoy the most popular character in the franchise aside from sonic like it's it's a we said it i forgot what episode it was we were talking about shadow as well we're like shadow is like disgustingly underrepresented in sonic yeah for how for how popular he is it's really really absurd how little he actually appears in anything like and he appears like just enough that they can market oh shadow the hedgehog is in this but he's never like he never plays a role they did the same thing with sonic forces and it drove me nuts he wasn't in sonic frontiers he um hasn't been in any of the classic games even though i feel like they should bring him in um watch him do it for the movie for Sonic 3. No, that would be... But know what? Like, Hopefully because Sonic 3 is coming out and Shadow's going to play a big role, that will either coincide with a lot of Shadow stuff or um, like resurge a lot of Shadow stuff. I'd like to see that. But yeah, Sega, bring, bring Shadow back because it's criminal that you have this super popular character that everybody likes and you're not use, utilizing him at all. But I guess that's what happens when 
you spin off a super popular character and the game is awful and then you give him a massive role in the next major title which is also awful hey your words not mine <laughs> i mean i'm talking uh, based on uh general consensus consensus not my own sonic 06 is fine shadow the hedgehog is actually bad <laughs> well i think that's pretty much it just quickly i'm just looking ahead at the logjam of game releases especially once we get into october just yeah. quickly, the games i'm interested in playing within an eight day period of time we have assassin's creed mirage spider-man 2 mario wonder and also which it's a leaked rumor it's a leaked release date it hasn't officially been announced yet but sonic superstars those four games are going to be coming out within an eight-day period. And then in November, Persona 5 Tactica and Mario RPG come out on the same day of November 17th. I have no idea how I'm going to sort of split my time between these six games. but You missed a very major game in there. Well, that's why I said my personal games. Well, it should be there. WarioWare Move It, also known as WarioWare Smooth Moves 2. Comes out two weeks after Mario Wonder and and uh, Spider Man. I'm actually considering buying it, but like, if I'm not going to be playing potentially Sonic Superstars and Assassin's Creed Mirage, like at launch, yeah. I don't know what That's to fair. do. Um, yeah, no, I, it is definitely a predicament. It's sad because Sonic is the kind of series that I really want to support day one, and I like Sonic Superstars and the concept, and I want to buy it day one. I want to get the pre-order exclusive stuff. I want to get the alternate cover on the day one edition stuff. But it's also hard, because it's like it comes out three days before Mario Wonder, which is the same type of game, but going to be like better. Sorry, yeah. Sonic. Um, yeah. And Spider-Man 2, which is my most anticipated game of this year, which, like, I'm not even going to play Mario Wonder because of Spider-Man. So... It's a predicament where it's like, maybe I'll buy it, but I won't play it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Or maybe they'll push it. Maybe they'll leak le- le- uh, release dates wrong. Speaking of buying it and like sitting on it, that's what I thought that this upcoming game was going to be about. Like, I really thought Pikmin 4 was going to be that for me. Because that's what literally every other Pikmin game in the series ended up being at the end of yeah. the game. It's so funny because it's not not necessarily similar for me, but like like I said, I'm I'm pretty poor in the summer as a result of being a teacher, and I don't know. I debated getting Pikmin four, mm-hmm. and as you know, I got it two weeks later than when it came out. Like you had already finished the game by the yeah. time I bought it. Like um, I played the demo, and I told people like I have never finished a Pikmin game prior to Pikmin four. I played the demo, which is really just the first area of the game, essentially. And I said, this snippet of the game that I played, I had more fun doing this than I did at any point in the Pikmin series. Like, I really pushed people to to play this game because yeah, you did. Pikmin has never been my forte. But now, like, I think Pikmin might be, or at least Pikmin 4, like, I still don't know, like, I don't think Pikmin 4 has changed my opinion on the series, but I think Pikmin 4 is my favorite Nintendo game in a very long time. Oh, wow. Like, maybe That's since, like, Mario Odyssey, I want to say. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of praise. I could not put Pikmin 4 down when I started playing it. Like, even after I finished the demo, I'm like, oh my god, it's 
It's a week before the game comes out. It's like I, I counted down the days. I bought it the second it came out. I got my Ochi coasters as a pre-order bonus. I'm never going to use those because they're very bad quality. But when I started that game up, I was constantly thinking about Pikmin. Like even when I was like at work and I was moving things around, I'm like, I feel like a Pikmin right now. I'm moving things. Like I just I thought Pikmin when I wasn't playing. I know what you mean. I've literally, yeah. the last two days, I've had Dandori dreams. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, I've been, and, like, I heard, like, sounds coming from, like, because, like, I, where I live, there's, like, train and, like, factory sounds all the time. I swear to you, I took a nap today, and I had to, like, listen really closely, because I swear those sounds sounded like when you're, like, rapidly pressing A, throwing Pikmin. And then yeah. slowly becoming like when you just throw the last few, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a mm-hmm. pigment brain." Yeah, um, I'm like, it's just, it, it's just, I haven't been captivated by a game like that in a very, very, very long time. Like, especially yeah. just like, and like, it was weird because I was the only one playing it at that time, right? It wasn't like when we played, we all play Pokemon or or Smash Bros, where our entire Hub World group is invested in this game. It was just me for essentially until you bought the game and you played it and now Gino's going to play it after now so like I I've, like I said I've never really had an experience like that where like a game has completely taken over my entire th- thoughts like my like I, could, I just could not stop thinking about this game and it, I'm like I'm just so sad that it's over too like I just yeah, enjoyed it so I felt much that too. well I, before we get into the core discussion we should say this discussion will be like full spoiler like we're not going to hold back we do want to talk about like what we really liked about the game what we appreciated um and other kind of things like and what the future of pikmin might look like so if you haven't played the game and you're a little wary about like spoilers like whether that be story or just gameplay you might want to put this one down and come back to it after you've played it but if you're totally cool just hearing about the game keep on listening because we're gonna overview it but Let's just start with this, because I know you've told me before, Mateo, that... So, I, I just a little bit of history. I played the first Pikmin game on GameCube. Like, I've I've beaten all the games, like, when they've come out. Now, Mateo, from what I understand, you've played all the Pikmin games, but you've never finished a Pikmin game until Pikmin 4. Like, what do you think Pikmin 4 did differently or better that just captivated you in this way that, like, it actually pushed you to finish it? I don't even know if, like, there's one thing in particular. It's just, this game is just so optimized and well-designed. Like, every Pikmin game, in my opinion, it's it's better than the one that came before. Like, new systems get implemented, and they fix a problem that I've had in the one before it. But I guess, actually, really, like, the one thing, the big difference maker in Pikmin 4 compared to the other games is, is Ochi. Ochi is... The Swiss Army knife that does he he does everything. The charge ability, the the ability to dig, the ability to pull things with incredible strength, the the ability to run around. You can have him as a separate playable character. Like you can control both the captain and Ochi at the same time. The ability to sniff out treasure and leaflings and things that you're missing, and the fact that you can upgrade him to be. Uh, immune to statuses he can help knock down like electric fences and and stuff like that like ochi 
is a tank. Without Ochi, this game would not be as good. He's like the best dog Nintendo's ever made, also, in my opinion. Ochi is the best boy. Like, I remember when they showed him first in the Nintendo Direct. I'm like, this is stupid. What, like, what's the point of this dog? And I felt kind of that way until the demo. And then when I played the demo, I'm like, this dog is necessary in this game. Like, that is the huge gameplay, like, revolutionary concept that they've brought into the series. Yeah. Ochi is more important than, like, any Pikmin they've ever introduced in games prior. Or, like, the caves when they were brought into Pikmin 2. Like, Ochi is the biggest addition the series has ever had. And that cannot be understated. It's almost like, the way I look at Ochi is Ochi is not a Pikmin, right? Like, Ochi, like, story and gameplay-wise. Like, I I perceive Ochi as a playable character. And, like, I think he's the natural step from Pikmin 3, allowing you to have multiple captains that you switch between. I feel like mm-hmm. Ochi was the natural step. Like, you no longer have multiple captains. You have Ochi and you have your player character. But you can separate them. And they ultimately can do very similar things. Ochi obviously has way more to him than just, like, the base character. But, like, that that was the natural evolution. It's like, not only can you split up your Pikmin party by using Ochi, but Ochi also serves as, like, um, when he is combined with your captain, like, serves as, like, a traversal aspect, as a combat aspect. Like, he he definitely is a very cool addition to the game. Like, the speed in which you can take down enemies with Ochi and Ice Pikmin is incredible. Like, when you just charge and, like, all the Pikmin jump off Ochi to hit an enemy, they freeze them instantaneously. And then if you have purple Pikmin on you, it just shreds these the like even bosses like like not like the like the the high-end bosses in the game but like decent enemies just like like the crab the big crab from pikmin 3 that comes back in this game like he dies almost instant instantaneously like that 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 crab would take you a decent amount of time to kill in pikmin 3 or early on in pikmin 4 but when you have a fully upgraded ochi with 100 pikmin with ice and purple and whatever it just like that it's gone I feel like, and I know you have some problems with this, but like, like the difficulty of the game is kind of like it. I feel like it, it can be difficult early on, and in certain points, like here and there, like against specific bosses or like specific Dandori battles and stuff like that. But the, there really isn't. I wouldn't even call it a difficulty curve. Like it's difficult, and then it just the game becomes a breeze after a certain point. Like the really the first, like the only time I would have difficulty is my first day of exploring a new area. I want to get a lay of the land, and, like, I learn things like, oh, I need this Pikmin here. I need to concentrate on draining the water, just say, in the, in the I think it's the third or fourth area. Or, like, there's just environmental tasks like that are my priority. And I find that getting my bearings in these worlds can be tough at points. But when I have Ochi with me, like, I can have all my Pikmin hop on him, and I can go over water or I can do stuff like that and it's just Ochi makes the game really easy and in some instances so there's a bit of a like a, a give and take there like it's he's a, like Ochi is an amazing addition but if you are playing Pikmin for the challenge 
I, I can see how people would be upset by that because like it it, it yeah. kind of kind of just like gets rid of all of the challenge that the series is also well known to have. So yeah, Ochi alone isn't the reason why the game feels too easy. He definitely adds a huge layer to the combat, and definitely, like you said, as you upgrade things, he it it becomes very easy to take down enemies that historically have been very very tough to take down which i i don't think is necessarily an issue for everybody i think what ochi does is he makes the game more accessible um he makes a game for players who have found the game challenging before um it, it makes it a little easier and i think honestly it boils down to one thing it's not even the combat it's not even the like traversal over water and all that what Ochi does that, that like really primarily changes the game is the simple aspect of all the Pikmin can hop onto him. That's it. Because part of the thing with Pikmin that makes it so challenging is that having a big squad of 100 Pikmin, of course, means that you can take down really big enemies because you have a lot of Pikmin. Mm-hmm. But the problem is like you don't have control over every individual Pikmin and their location. And especially for those enemies that roar or breathe fire or, or, yeah, do things that like cause your Pikmin to like disperse. That chaos creates opportunities for the enemies to eat them because it only mm-hmm. takes them a couple couple seconds for um, one of the toads to slam a few of your Pikmin or um, a Bulborb to come over and munch on a few, right? Like, And that's historically how you lose a lot of Pikmin is the fact that there, you have this big like mob mm-hmm. that you can't really fully control. Like it's, it's The area is huge. And Ochi kind of that's what that was one of the things that I noticed early on is that Ochi trivialized that aspect because I never felt like, I didn't have control over every single Pikmin that I took with me, regardless of how many I had, because they were all sitting on him. And then when I had enemies that roared, for example, like, the the whole idea of, like, the Emperor Bullbacks or whatever, right, is to, to roar and disperse your Pikmin and in that chaos go and eat a bunch or slam on them. I never felt like that was a threat, because if they were all on Ochi, then I could just run away. And the fact that Ochi so, can, like, when you charge... You have if you have a full army of Pikmin, your one hundred Pikmin will attack the enemy immediately. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. Massive damage right away. As opposed yeah. to like you have to fling each pink Pikmin individually and your damage builds over time. No, it's a hundred Pikmin at full strength right away. Which can be good or bad. I actually found in the later parts of the game that I still just flung my Pikmin. But I'll talk about that later why I chose to do that, but yeah, Ochi, I think is a good addition. I think he makes the game way more accessible. I think a lot, some of his abilities are quite strong and they do trivialize the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. However, I also have to acknowledge that using those things ultimately is a choice. Like you, you could play the game. If you felt like the game was too easy, ultimately you could not upgrade Ochi. You don't have to upgrade him. It's unnecessary to upgrade Ochi. You can keep him at his, like, you can never use any of his pup points, and then that will make him a little, like, less viable in the later areas that are supposed to be difficult, right? Like, you can choose never to ride him so that the Pikmin don't jump on him and still have that classic feel. Like, ultimately, you can choose to make the game tougher if you want to challenge. It's totally okay to do that. And I think that's why Ochi, I don't think is the reason the game feels too easy. I actually think Ochi is a very good addition, and I think it's 
it's just cool. And then they kind of pairing Ochi with the other dog, Moss, that follows around Olimar is really cool because then when you have those Dandori battles, um, you kind of get to see the different dogs like function, right? Like I thought it was really cool that Moss could eat things and like carry them. And then when you get that ability for Ochi halfway through the game, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And it was actually one of my most used thing when we were doing the Dandori challenges because the Dandori challenges are all about collecting everything as quick as possible. A lot of the time when I was in those, you know, I would leave my Pikmin to do things like gather the, like, gold piles or the piles of, like, crystal or, like, breaking down walls. And I would just get Ochi, like, I'd take him to go find, like, the biggest things and just get him to take it because he could just eat it. Mm -hmm. So he is super useful in that new idea and framework of, like, how do you use your time management efficiently, which honestly isn't something that was ingrained into the past game. Because that's the thing. It's like time management is a a big aspect of one and three. Mm-hmm. However, like, the time management was approached differently. Like they didn't teach you. I feel like Pikmin 4 teaches you how to manage your time and manage your Pikmin. Whereas the other games kind of just expected you to know how to do that already. Yeah, I think, and I, I think that's fine. But I think like what's interesting is that in the past games, in 1 and 3, and I mean, I, I'm sure speedrunners would disagree, but like once you've mastered the game, it's a, it's a lot different. But I never felt like in 1 and 3 they wanted you to separate your Pikmin. Like I felt like it was always safest to keep them with you. Whereas... I feel like four's approach was very much like how can you have different squads of Pikmin doing different things at the same time to maximize time, which was which was interesting because it was a very different approach, and I really appreciate appreciated the Dandori challenges and battles for that because I've never found myself in past games like leaving fifteen Pikmin doing something and taking a bunch of Pikmin somewhere else. Yeah. to do something else like that that was something really cool it also really highlights the differences in the pikmin because then it makes you like consider like okay which pikmin am i going to get to do what like what pikmin actually excels at certain things like things as simple as like carrying bits versus carrying like a whole object like which one am i going to allocate to which like what what maximizes the time but in general i think my biggest gripe with the game, which I think Ochi adds to this, is ultimately I do do feel that the challenge of the game was virtually, not non-existent, but it it was very reduced from the previous games. And that challenge being reduced also, to me, made the charm of the world feel more empty. It was a mix of the rewind feature, because you can rewind, like, for those of you who haven't played the game, you can rewind the game at any point, to like a minute or two minutes before. So if you lose a bunch of Pikmin, you can rewind, which is one way to trivialize things. But just like Ochi, like that's, you know, that's completely your choice. You can choose not to use the rewind feature. But the big one that I think just in general really made the game feel too easy was the fact that this is the first Pikmin game where enemies don't respawn at all. Permadeath enemies. Yeah, like all the enemies, like once you've killed them, they're gone. Not only does that kind of like hurt the challenge of the game, but I feel like it also hurts the world because then it it just felt like every every additional time I went back to the levels, one they felt easier, 
which shouldn't be the case. Like, they shouldn't feel easier because there's less enemies. They should feel easier because you know the area and you know where the enemies are and you know what kind of enemies are where and you have way more Pikmin. That's why, in previous games, that's why the world felt easier every time you went back because you're like, okay, I know this world. Like, I've, I know this area now because I've explored it. I've done it. I know which enemies pop up. I know which enemies are where. And now I have an army of Pikmin and now I know how to allocate them and time manage to get done what I need to get done. And I, I, I always appreciated that. You had this relationship with the world. It always felt hostile, even if you felt more equipped to deal with the hostility. Whereas this world felt less and less hostile. So not only are you growing in power because Ochi is getting stronger and you're gathering more Pikmin and more Pikmin types... But the the level is increasingly getting easier and easier because nothing is respawning. And then that also makes, like, you know, acquiring more Pikmin way tougher, which is really annoying because at the when you only get the ability to spawn, like, flying and white and purple Pikmin later in the game, but I don't have any enemies to bring to the onions, and I just have to rely on the few flowers that respawn every day, I'm just like... This kind of sucks. That's my major gripe. But then you have me on the other hand where like having the the deal with the enemies coming back every day was I think part of the reason why I felt a little bit less motivated to finish the previous games in the series is just oh, I got to deal with this Balborb again. Hopefully he doesn't wipe out like a third of my Pikmin or like stuff like that or like I feel like Pikmin 4 is more focused on exploration. And like, and I feel like the only way for them to really have that focus is to not have the enemies come back. Like you, yeah. you, you complete an area, and then you look for everything in the area, and then you move on to the next place. Like, I feel like having the enemies come back every time. Like there was that one part in the water area, I think it's area three or four, where there's like the the little mountain you have to climb up, and there's enemies spitting down like the boulders, the rocks. So yeah. Imagine having to deal with that every single time you load back into that level. I don't, know, I don't think I would have appreciated it if they would have had that. But, like, that to me is something that it's simple enough where maybe they, like, patch that into the game at some point. Like, they really, like they add that as, like, a hard mode or something. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they add, like, a classic or a hard mode, maybe, eventually, that just has the respawning. Because even in the past games, the enemies didn't respawn the next day. I think it was every second or third day. And I feel like, especially with this game, is where I wanted it. Like, in past games, I it did frustrate me at times. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, sometimes I'm like, ah, that part was so hard. But I feel like this game gives you so many cool tools that going back and having to do those things again would feel fine. Like like having to go back, for example, like that part you're talking about, the hill where all the rocks are going. But now, for example, having Ochi way more equipped or having rock Pikmin or being able to start that area at the top of the hill because there's a base there. And like yeah. like those kind of rewards of like, I, I navigated this and I have more at my disposal, so now I can do this. Just, I, I feel like that's something the game needed. And it also felt like once I finished Pikmin 4, and even once I finished an area, there was, like, never a reason to go back. Yeah, like, where were the bingo battles? Like, Pikmin 3 Deluxe had that bingo battle multiplayer mode, which was so fun. That could have been, like, a cool, like, 
the, mul- the multiplayer in general in this game is just not great. A challenge mode, or that would have been fantastic. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's why I wish that the enemies respond is because I felt like had the enemies respond, for example, every single time I got an onion, like when I got the rock onion or when I got the flying onion, I probably would have went back to an old area and spent a couple days just going around killing enemies and spawning a bunch of Pikmin. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have done those things. Whereas, like, now I was just like, what's the point? Because, like, even if I go back to that area, there's, like, nothing in that area. There's not a single enemy. There's not a single collectible. There's, like, literally nothing. That that area will feel empty. And that, I don't know, to me, that just felt really weird for the Pikmin world. It was my... It, it's such a minor gripe because not everybody's going to go back. Even the fact that, like, in a Pikmin game before, part of the reason that I approached... Like, I mean, I'm also a completionist, so I usually finish an area before I move on. But part of the reason that I would do that in previous games is because I'm like, I want to get everything before everything responds. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, I'm just like, okay, so if I had done like 60% of area one and then went two thirds of the way through the game and then was like, okay, I'm going to go back and do area one, I'd go back there and everything I killed like 40 days ago would still be dead. And that, that bothers me because I'm like, yeah. this doesn't really make sense anymore. Especially now where unlike Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 3, there's not really a punishment for... There's there's no real... Exactly. Like, you can literally take 200 in-game days to beat this game, and there's, like, no difference than beating the game in 50 days, right? Yeah. and time limit or juice limit or whatever that you have to worry about. And I think there there should have been a balance. That's it. Like, I, I don't necessarily think they need to make it like Pikmin 1, but I think there should have been a balance. Like, even if it was something like once you switch the area you're in, enemies respawn. Like, something like that. Something as simple as that. Or every five days, or whatever. And maybe bosses don't respawn, or what? Like, whatever. I, I really think that the game could have benefited from that in general. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Speaking of the time piece that you kind of mentioned, what I did really appreciate about this game. My favorite game is Pikmin 2, but the biggest gripe that most people have with Pikmin 2 is the removal of the time system. And that's why in Pikmin 3 they kind of reintroduced it. It was way more forgiving, but it was still there. Like if you if you were like blatantly not collecting stuff to make juice out of, you would lose and you'd have to rewind a few days. But for Pikmin 4, I really, really appreciated the fact that they kind of had something that was reminiscent of the original game. Like they what once you reach the halfway point, you get to play like Olimar's Shipwreck Tale, which is a 15 day time limit. That was my favorite part of the game, to be honest with you. And what's cool about that, and and this kind of goes back to what I was just saying about like the enemies and all that stuff. What I really loved about that was the fact that yeah, it was a 15 day time limit, which is actually way more punishing than previous games. Mm-hmm. But because you were revisiting the areas that you've already played. And sure, things have changed a little bit, but you feel more equipped. So you feel like you can actually do it because you're not exploring anymore. Like you're going in with the intention of like, I'm going to be efficient. I'm going to get as much as I can. And I like that. And I I feel like that was really cool. I almost wish there was like a second shipwreck tale for the last two areas. So just getting off topic of gameplay for a while, like that Olimar tale, is that like essentially a retelling of Pikmin 1? Or is this a separate time of him like crash landing on the pikmin planet like this game really 
throws like the Pikmin timeline in a loop. Yeah, it, it's very ambiguous. At the end of the day, it's Miyamoto, right? Like, like yeah, he's been very forthcoming. Like, story comes second. And with Mario, he's very much like we're retelling stories. Like, there's no real Mario timeline either, right? Like, the princess gets captured how many times? So you could arguably say, like, you know, as silly as it is, Olimar crash lands again. But for sure, this game takes place after Pikmin 1, but before Pikmin 2. Well, even that is very ambiguous. Like, there's definitely evidence to support that, but even even that is ambiguous, right? Like, for for all we know, like, 1, 2, and 3 are, like, sequels to each other, but Pikmin 4 is its own thing, right? Like, yeah. and it just references the other games. Because really, if you look at it as, like, retconning or retelling Pikmin 1 with the shipwreck tale and, like, how Olimar found the Pikmin, then Pikmin 1 doesn't exist. And... It only references the potential for, like, Pikmin 2 through, like, it talks about, like, Louis, like, is like, oh, I'm going to eat pick pick carrots. And, like, Olimar's like, oh, I had this nightmare that a colleague of mine ate, ate us, like, bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And they reference the president. And then the the people from Alf's planet also are referenced. Kopai. Yeah, Kopai. They're, like, crew talks about, like, oh, if they keep eating the way they do, they're going to have a food shortage. So there's, like, references to, like, these events could happen in the future. But really, like, this game might not even be canon to the first three Pikmin games. Like, this this game very well might just be, like, a reboot in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I think that's just going to be Pikmin moving forward. Like, I think, just like Mario... And even Zelda to a degree, like, th- like it doesn't really matter. Like, that's not what the game's for. Nintendo needs to release the extended Pikmin timeline. Pikmin fans need to know exactly how things happen. And I think it's the way that you can look at it is, like, it's up to you, right? Like, you can say that this game comes after Pikmin 1, right? You get, like, logically it can. You could say, like, Olimar got shipwrecked a second time before he went back home after Pikmin 1 on the same planet. And found more Pikmin, and then all this stuff happens, and then even though he learns that Louis is a piece of shit, and even though the Kopai people learn about Pikmin earlier than they should, Pikmin 2 and 3 still follow, right? Like, you could you could say that, or you could say none of those games exist in this timeline, and this game is like completely brand new, and none of the games will connect to it. Or you could say, like, this just retcons Pikmin 1, and Pikmin 2 and 3 follow. Like, you can That's really say whatever you want. Like, yeah. you can say whatever you want, ultimately, but, like, I, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. But the story is cute. It has a lot of references to past games. So if you're... That's a nice thing, too, is, like, if you're a fan who's played the other games, there's a lot in this game that is really satisfying. But if you're new, I feel like it does a really good job of telling you the story. I think, honestly, it might be the best starting point for new players for the series. I don't for think sure. you need... You don't need to play the other ones. Like, this one is, no. just, in my opinion, it's leagues better than the other games in the series. And, like, we just said, like, the story is just so insignificant for these games where, like, you kind of get the gist of what happens in the other games in this game. Like, through teases and stuff like that. So, it's just the most complete experience from beginning to end with so many quality of life improvements mm-hmm. and, like, small things that add up. Like... One of my favorite things that they did, honestly, was like, like in Pikmin Three, it was a like you could collect pebbles and stuff to build bridges and things like that. But now you can harvest those materials and then use them wherever you want. You can choose to build a bridge over a ladder, over like a a step. Like you can choose to prioritize certain things. I just think that that that's such a small 
minor thing that is just really cool. And the other thing that I really, yeah. really, really, really liked is you can go to a cavern entrance and you can choose to go down to a specific floor just in case you've missed something or like you want to farm certain Pikmin. Yeah. Yeah. That was the like the best way to farm purple Pikmin and, and white Pikmin before you got their onions was going to a specific level of, of a cavern that you remember that, oh, there was a flower there that could get me five Pikmin. You could go to that and you could boost there. It's just a small thing. And like, there's just so many of those small things in this game that really elevate the experience. Yeah, the game is definitely about choice. The game is definitely about power. Um, and I think it was intentional. Like, I think like the enemies not respawning and like the world not feeling hostile and the world feeling inhabited by a bunch of like people and like all this stuff. Like, I think that was all intentional to create a very different experience. Cause even like the nighttime stuff, right? Like when yeah. you leave for night in the cutscene, when like all the Pikmin are leaving in all the other games, you see the like bulb orbs and the enemies come near your onions. You see like what would have happened if you left a Pikmin. And if you did leave a Pikmin, you have to watch it die. Yeah, and be chased, right? Like they used to do that, which is always so sad. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do that in this game, right? Like they didn't even show the cutscene, and they had the nighttime exploration, which made the nighttime not feel as scary or um, mysterious. So as a result, I feel like the game really was to make the player feel powerful. But like I said, like for the most part, except for the respawning. All of this stuff is mostly optional. Like, the rewind is optional. The Ochi being super busted is optional. Farming for the best types of Pikmin is optional. Like The nighttime expeditions are optional, too. You have to do a thing one you don't, or, or, or two of them. But they ultimately don't affect... Like, they don't make the game easier. Right? And they are a fun little mini-game. They help you get puppy points, wherever the heck is, to upgrade Ochi, right? True. But you don't have to use them. I know, but then also, by doing those, you... Heal more leaflings, which then have more side quests available, which give you more materials, which then you can use to upgrade your captain or Ochi, right? The gameplay loop, I think, is the best it's ever been also. And another thing yeah. I remember, like, could you move your ship on the map in other games? Maybe in 3, I just don't remember. Like, yeah, if that wasn't in Pikmin 3, that that's fantastic. Being able to, like, yeah, cut the travel cool. time for your Pikmin down... That's so useful. I like that too. And and so that's what I mean, is I feel the game was, the intention was to make it more accessible and to give more option and variety. Because that's the thing, it's ultimately too, while every Pikmin has its own tools, and the, the caves really explore that in the Dandori battles, right? Like, they do have yeah. places where they're like, you need to use these tools. But for the, the most part, like, the surface was about, like, you choose how you want to play, right? Like, you you can approach this how you want. If you want to use the strongest types of Pikmin, go ahead. If you want to use weaker ones, that's fine. If you want to do the side missions, great. If you want to take a, a day off and go do a night battle, great. There's a lot of variety. There's a, like there's the Dandori battles, the Dandori fights, there's the nighttime es escapades, there's the just like the general daytime collecting, and then there's the, the caves, which are more like puzzle-oriented. There was a lot in this game to love, and there was a lot of variety, and there was a lot to play around with, which is really great. Not to mention, you can explore, like, someone's house. That's so cool. I just, like, having Pikmin, like, interact with, like, real-world objects aside from treasures is, is really cool. 
something I've, I've been wanting them to do for a long time. It's a really small, cool thing. Their locations were definitely cool. Like, I think that there was a great variety in enemies' locations. And some fantastic Nintendo, Nintendo treasures. It's my favorite part of every Pikmin game, to be honest with you. And I remember when I was going into this game, and even early game, I was kind of like, wow, there's only one new Pikmin. It's only the ice. And, like, I mean, the glow is there too, sure. But, like, the thing with the glow Pikmin is that it's only available at night and in caves under certain circumstances. But for the most part, like, there was only one new one. I, I remember early on in the game, I was kind of just like, I wish they added more. Um, but by the end of the game, I was actually like, no, I'm I'm actually really happy that they only added one because what I feel like they did really well in this game was they repurposed... Because they brought back white and purple, right, from being only in the bonus game in 3. Um, but this game, like did a lot for all the other Pikmin. I really felt like purple and white felt almost new in terms of how they differentiated them. Even red, like they gave them the like little pine cone thing. And like they, they did a good job with differentiating all the Pikmin where it felt like every Pikmin was to a degree necessary, um, but not so necessary that you couldn't just choose the type you wanted. However, there were times where I was just like, I really wish I had some of these Pikmin earlier on, or like I, I end up falling into like the habit of only using the same Pikmin, like purple Pikmin were just so good. I, and that's why I didn't use the charge. I was saying before, like you were saying how like you charged with Ochi and like all your Pikmin would go on. I would use the purples and I would throw them because they had the like modifier of red Pikmin in terms of like doing way more damage when they hit. But they also had the modifier of rock Pikmin that upon impact, if you threw them, they did a ton of blast damage. So I found it was more efficient and more like I did more damage just throwing the the purple Pikmin over and over again at something rather than charging in. Because the amount of damage each individual Pikmin would do when they hit it was more than having all my Pikmin attacking it at once. Well, I think we did a pretty decent job of like covering the game as it is. And like the things yeah. that we we liked and stuff that we were a little bit not disappointed with, but the things that didn't like as much. But what do you think this game's future and the series future is going to be? Just like quickly, like I'm not personally expecting like any major sort of DLC expansion, but I do kind of expect, like we said earlier, I expect to have sort of small updates that add like minimum, like a hard mode and I personally would want, like, if there's going to be any added content, I want the bingo battles from Pikmin 3 to come back. That's just, like, one of my favorite multiplayer modes in any any game, really. Like, it's just that good. Like, I, I remember, like, I didn't finish Pikmin 3 Deluxe, but I spent a lot of time in the multiplayer playing bingo battles. It's just, they're, they're just so fun. And I know Dandori kind of does the same thing, but it it's, they're still different enough where I think that they would have their own place in Pikmin 4, so... Yeah, I don't. I don't expect like a new world or like another Olimar thing or, or even like a Louis thing potentially. Like I, I, I'm not expecting anything like that. Like I feel like the ending of the game is very clear, and yeah. you just gotta wait for Miyamoto to announce Pikmin Five in like four years. But then it actually is like ten years away. So I'm kind of of the same opinion. I actually don't. I don't actually think there will be DLC for the game. There might be some updates. Kind of like you you kind of just said. I can see there being like some kind of like, I don't know, like hard mode or like challenge update, especially because the game did so well. 
Um, and Pikmin 3 got those things and didn't do half as well. So I could see it happening. That being said, I don't expect it. But I am excited for the future of this series because I do think it'll... Like, I think Pikmin 5 is more assured than Pikmin 4 was. Yeah. Because, like, this game has done so well commercially and critically that I can't imagine they wouldn't continue the series now. I would take it a step further and say, like, it's been, what, 10 years since... Or almost 10 years between Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 4. I don't think we're going to be waiting 10 years between games anymore. Like, I've, I yeah, can see the next I don't game either. come out, like, year 2 or year 3 of the next Nintendo console. Like, 26, 2027. If Pikmin 5 is going to come sooner rather than later. Well, I do want them to keep a lot of what they've done here. I do, like the things I've talked about already, such as the, like, respawning of enemies, like those things. I really hope that they change that back um for the next game and add a little bit like keep all the power that they've added and the variety and add back the respawning because i i feel like it'll still feel like you can do it like i i don't think it'll feel like challenging i guess is what i'm saying like i don't think it'll feel like as challenging as the old games even if you added in the respawning because i think at this point They've added so many options that it's it's going to be somewhat easy, especially for yeah. people who have now started with Pikmin 4. However, I do hope that the next game, I really want them to um, play around with the Pikmin types. Like one thing that's been consistent of all the games is that your starting Pikmin are the red, yellow, and blue. I want them to introduce new basic types of Pikmin. All the Pikmin that they've introduced since the base ones the flying, the rock, the the ice, the purple, and the the white, I feel have all been like these special types, and they've all been really strong and really useful. I want them next game not to introduce like like maybe introduce one useful type, but I would love if they introduced like brand new basic ones, just like something that is like you start the game with. You don't even start the game with red yellow and blue you start the game with these new ones you start with the, whatever green and orange or something and they're and they're just glow pikmin count as green yeah it could be a different shade of green we have two different blues so we can we can get a new green but like mm-hmm. like something just base like it doesn't need to have like a ton to it it doesn't need to have this special overpowered combat ability like something easy as like they add a new like traversal thing like maybe they add like a desert area that has like quicksand and stuff and they add like an orange pikmin that's able to like move through moving sand and stuff so like just something like that's easy like that well i think would be a cool type of pikmin would be uh one that can like like i know you can dig underground in like specific spots but like one type of pikmin that can dig underground during combat and can attack enemies from underneath or like I feel like there'd be cool puzzle solving things that they can do with like a, a digging Pikmin. Like that's not even creative, but digging is used for in Pikmin right now. I think that's a cool thing that you can you can do without creating a new biome or whatever. Or even like I don't want this to happen, but if they're not gonna have a Ochi like companion in the next game, just use Ochi's abilities and translate those to new Pikmin types have like maybe a large like super swole pikmin that can carry other pikmin and you around like a carrier pikmin it can be its own playable character i don't know like it i guess i'm kind of just saying do ochi without doing ochi but just 
I just hope that all those things that Ochi added to the table are just stay in the series in the next entry. Like I just I feel like because this is going to be the most successful game in the series, probably both critically and commercially, this is your baseline for the series now and evolve on what you have. Don't subtract from this. Like how Breath of the Wild, like that's going to be the new Zelda going forward. Pikmin 4 is going to be the baseline for Pikmin. And, you know, even if all the Pikmin don't come back, that doesn't bother me. It's going to get to a point where, like, they might have no choice but to do what they did in Pikmin 3 again and, like, sideline two for for two or three types of Pikmin for for multiplayer mode, like, especially if they keep adding new ones, so... Yeah, or just do kind of, like, what they did in this game, where, like, the caves maybe have the the other Pikmin, but, like, the overworld... Because that's the thing, is, like, flying Pikmin, for example... Like, there's no challenges or, like, traversal stuff around flying Pikmin in, on the surface. There's only stuff for them in the caves. And even though you can take them up to the surface and use them if you so choose, there, there isn't anything really specifically designed for them. And I think that's okay. I think, I think that's what was missing in Pikmin 3, is that they were like, okay, well, we didn't design anything for, for white and purple specifically so let's just remove them and put them into the bingo when really it was just nice to have them like even though i never really felt like i needed the flying pikmin i still chose to use them because i'm like i would rather use the flying than the yellow because like later on in the game i don't need the yellow mm-hmm. like really like they only had a purpose early on right so it's like i i, I hope that they kind of keep with that like you don't need to design the game around all the pikmin types but bringing them along is nice or who knows, maybe we'll get fusions, and you can fuse Pikmin together. I feel like that would be insanely overpowered. Um, but anyway, like, hopefully a very fruitful, treasure-filled future for Pikmin. Nintendo's most global series, according to Miyamoto, before the game came out. Kind of joked about that, but I still don't agree with that, but it's, it's not as crazy to say that now. Pikmin 4's definitely helped Pikmin elevate... They're standing on the Nintendo franchise tier list, in my opinion. Like they're not no longer like like a C B tier franchise. They're like a B A tier now. Like the Pikmin Four is just that good. It's like, in my opinion, you can bring Pikmin Four to the conversation when talking about the best games on the Switch and like one of the most impactful games to its series. Like it can hold a it can hold itself up against, I'd say, some of the high end. 3D Mario's and Zelda games like it's like a Metroid Prime level game in my opinion. Like I think that that's like that's a fair comparison I think. It's definitely yeah. Switch is a system full of games that have the best game in their series. Um and Pikmin's just another example of that, right? It's going to make our our uh, Switch Essentials Part 2 very interesting because we have another like, we're not going to have as many big games in Part 2 as we did in Part 1, but Pikmin 4 is going to be definitely one that we debate a lot about, I think. Like, it's arguably my Game of the Year right now as a little tease for our Game of the Year discussions. But anyways, I think that is a good place to end things for this episode. So, that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button. If you want to contribute to the conversation... Let us know any ideas you have for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts by leaving us a comment. We'll see you next time at the Hub World. Microsoft, make a new banjo game. See you, everyone. <laughs>